everybody. How's everybody doing out there? Wow. Welcome to Throwdown Thursday, episode number 36. You know, three and six are uh, multiples of three. Did you know that? That's your math fact for the day. Today... I'm not laughing because of that. I just I'm not, I'm not laughing because you're funny. I'm just laughing because it's sad. <laughs> Y'all are just jealous. So as you can Je- tell, jealous of what? <laughs> yeah. Can we? I'm sorry. No, you yeah, you are you are infamous for being like you're just jealous. Jealous, jealous of, of what? what? Uh, well, if the folks at home could see what y'all are looking at, no, and don't be think I don't envy you. Yeah, like like I Back said, that train <laughs> No, you don't get to use my line. When we were talking about the Railers last episode, I was like, was that even English? Like, what are you right, saying? So the the phrase <laughs> "back that train up" came from the other day because because we all work together. And I was doing my new dance, which is kind of like, I just like move my hands in the way that like a train, like... He does the locomotion. Yeah, it kind of does that. I was like, oh, you're enthralled by my locomotion. And then like I stopped and did it backwards, like back that train up. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason, Nicole thought it was the funniest thing ever. Well, I actually... I think it was how you said it. Well, I also... I also said it. That train up. (laughs) I also said it... uh, It was getting towards the end of the day, and the vice president of our company came over and was like, hey, I need to get this and this and this. I was like, whoa, you need to back that train up. And Nicole almost died. (laughs) I I think it's the way you deliver it that just made me lost. I think I was just exhausted, and I needed to laugh. So as you can tell, today we are joined by the ironborn agent Nicole, who is fucking giggle factory extreme here. Like... That would probably be her mutant power. Laugh through anything. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. The healing factor. Also joining us is uh, Professor Johnny Wolfenstein with his doctorate of productionation. When did I get that? I don't. I don't know. Today. I, just, I don't even think productionation is a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now. Uh, it's established. Yes. Well, I should add that to my resume for sure, then. Ooh, oh, you can put like badass produ- producer production of seduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to think of what that actually means. Seducer producer. I, I don't know if that's a, a good thing or or, or or a great thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, and we are also because we are going uh, backwards, counterclockwise, uh, inside out, upside down, digital time. Uh, That's how my cat sleeps. Last but not least uh, is the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania, Ashes Von Nightmare. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So as you might have guessed, if you listened to the end of the show last week, we are going to discuss the uh, portrayal in the upcoming film that comes out tomorrow uh, of Logan... Uh, we're going to talk about him, give you a little bit of background, but we're going to do so by concentrating on the comic series, uh, Old Man Logan, kind of like a, a Marvel what if line, you know, like what would happen, you know, what happens to Wolverine, you know, decades into the future. 
Uh, it's actually a really cool storyline. He becomes you, a stripper. If you haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got some ones. <laughs> and some nickels. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a pickles. <laughs> this is what I have to deal with. This is what I have to deal no, with. No, 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 You don't have to. You, you get, get to. to. See, now you guys understand how that works. See that? Now you understand how it works. So we're uh, yeah, we're going to talk about uh, that. We're also going to talk about a little bit of the character who uh, makes an appearance in this film. Um, the uh, the young girl who it has been revealed is X twenty three. So we're going to get into a little bit of backstory about her. We're going to spend most of the time on the old man Logan Logan storyline, however, because I think that. Uh, that deserves a little more time, and I think that we're a little more well-versed in that. And we also may spend a little bit of time talking about how hot Hugh Jackman yeah. is. Yes. Huge jacked man. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the only thing I need to know about Wolverine. Is Hugh Jackman playing him? Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> we thought we'd start off the conversation today by asking the esteemed panel... If you could have a, a mutant power, um, whether it's something that you you saw in an X Man or something that you know any of the X people, because there's at this point there's like seven hundred X people, you know X Factor, X Force, X Team Gold, X Team Blue. The, there are there are more X Men teams than Pokemon games. Put it that way. <laughs> That's true. You know. And, you know, there are a lot of mutants that aren't on the X-Men teams, you know. So, if you had a mutant power, what would your mutant power be? And let's start off with Agent Nicole, because she just started drinking her water. So, Agent Nicole, what would your uh, mutant Why power be? Why am I always the first? You always pick me first. Well, don't can drink I, stuff while I'm asking the question. Can I get a and pass I to, to think about this? Oh, my God. You knew this is what we were going to do for days. You're and a weeks. jerk. Why do you have to pick me Fine. Here? Wolfie, Thank if you. you had a, a, a magical mutant power, what would your magical mutant power be? What would you, Or which X-Man would you like to be? Well, I hadn't thought about this, but I let's see. Hmm. I guess I want uh, um, telekinesis. That's a good one, and mostly so I can just sit back in the chair and just produce the podcast and not have to move. That's a good. You know, yeah. you could. You know, I could go. You know, like get get a drink out of the fridge j- just while staying here. Yeah, I don't have to do anything. You would never need a remote control ever in your no, life. No, It'd be the best thing ever. Yeah. Okay, so Nicole, we're going to skip you now again and <laughs> go to Ashes. Ashes, which X-Man would you be or which power would you want? I would want to be Emma Frost. Partially, like, like mainly... Which version of Emma Frost? Um, I don't know. Are we talking when she's a teacher at... Uh, the uh, Xavier School, or you're talking about when she's a bad guy, or you're talking about when she's married to Doctor Doom, or, or January Jones's character. Because she does have I that really, secondary uh, mutation. I like uh, January Jones as Emma Frost. I dig that. Her hair in that movie was fantastic. Well, like, she's no February Smith, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, when when she's with like the Phoenix Five, okay. 
I really like when that. When she's leading the Phoenix Five. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like that. That whole like just all chick badassery going down. I really enjoy that. What do you think of her secondary mutation? What the diamond? Yes, that's why I would want to be her. See, I thought because you'd I be her love mind control. Well, that too, but like the fact that she can like change herself into like pretty much consisting of nothing but diamond that's so cool because we all know how much i like glitter so i could be like it's like walking glitter just like i'm glitter now this is this is going to come up a lot um because it ties into what we're going to talk about what glitter no um (laughs) the incredible hulk because unicorns and glitter he's got a a long history but there is a a storyline which they're kind of touching on for the new uh thor ragnarok film which is going to feature the hulk very heavily where he gets shipped off the... Uh, and we'll cover this on a future episode because it's a fucking awesome storyline. But he gets shipped off to another planet by the Illuminati, which consists of a, you know some very intelligent... Uh, some very intelligent uh, superheroes, including Professor X. Um, and when he gets back to Earth, he's going to take his revenge on everyone and he goes to the X-Mansion looking for them and he ends up fighting all of the X-Men. And he fights Emma Frost and... You know, he gets her into kind of like a Mexican standoff where he's like, you know, you could, you know, you're you're pretty much impervious to being hurt in your diamond form, but you can't use your mental manipulation powers in your diamond form. So you right. could shut down my mind, but do you think you can do it fast enough before I tear you in half? Right. So she's like, yeah, I think I'll stay a diamond. So she was kind of useless in that fight. So, Agent Nicole. Yes. Do you have an answer finally? Yes. Well, I've been torn between two, but I think I would go with Jean Grey or slash the Dark Phoenix. Okay. So you want to have vast amounts of power that you can't control? Yes. Okay. See, for me, I have, you know, I was kind of torn between the two of them. So I would have the power to have lots and lots of powers. That would be my my ability. I would I would be the guy that can absorb anybody's powers and keep them kind of like in uh, Heroes, uh, Peter Petrelli, who can basically absorb anybody's powers by being around them. That would be a sweet power because, like, on the one hand, I'd love to have like Wolverine's healing factor, but at the same time, I'd also want to control the weather because it's like, oh. I'm planning on doing something outdoors today. Oh, look, it's sunny and 75. I feel like, like, are you such a megalomaniac that you just, yeah, yeah, you're you're a megaloton. Speaking of which, I saw a Dr. Seuss book. It's not actually written by Dr. Seuss, but uses his characters. It's called Hark a Shark. And uh, (laughs) we should pick this up for Dynamo Mars. So anybody, he's got a birthday coming up uh, in April. Hark a Shark. Maybe uh, it'll help him not be so scared of sharks. But no, like, because there's always somebody that can beat them. Like, just because somebody has lots of powers doesn't mean that, you know, there's somebody. So you would be able to take someone's powers and then retain their powers. Like, you'd be able to, like, you know, versus, like, only being able to absorb I would No, I would would say... Would it be more like Rogue? Because that's the other person that was struggling. I I would say be able to use their powers uh, while in... Like, I can use their powers against them, but, like, sometimes that wouldn't work because, you know, if you're, <clears throat> if you have these powers, like, you're not, like, if I go to fight 
Magneto. And it's like, okay, now I am a master of magnetism as well. It's like, well, I haven't had this power for that long. So there's always a drawback. Then there's always going to be somebody like, my power is I can negate anybody's powers. So... I also thought of Rogue briefly, but I like hugs too much. So she can hug people; she just can't make skin to skin contact. Yeah, yeah. Like I like to snuggle, so like that that would just that would just suck. Or be mystique. You can't have change your figure, and Rogue can't do uh, super special grown up hugs. (laughs) 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 So that's a that's a drawback to to being Rogue. And then everyone's going to call her Rogue One, and yeah, yeah, like that. That would. And then they're going to cut her out of the 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 movie that she's in and replace (laughs) her with Ellen Page. Oh yeah, that's right. X Men First, yeah, First Class, uh, Days Days of of Future Future Past, Past, yeah. Uh, The Rouge Cut. Yeah, my friend um, Heather's a huge Rogue fan, and she was not happy that they cut a lot of her scenes. All, all of her scenes. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Hey, Anna Paquin, you need a paycheck, right? I sure do. Well, we're going to cut everything out of this movie and then we'll re-release it as a special edition. That sounds like a great plan. Fox is doing great things with the X-Men. Yeehaw. That is not what Anna Paquin wow. sounds like. As Rogue, because Rogue is supposed to be from Southern She's from places. Mississippi. Yeah, which is in the Southern. She's yeah, Southern but Belle. she does not sound, sound like, like a fucking that. tool. Yeah, well, in my impression, like that's how she sounds. Can your can your mutant power uh, be like doing actual like impressions, like impressions worth listening? That to? would be like, mystique. Can that be your power. Like mystique is really good at doing that. Like I think Uncle Polly is mystique. Like I'm pretty sure that they're like the same guy because Uncle Polly does like the best impressions. So if we ever do a, a, a show about like Frank Welker or Billy West or Nolan North or somebody like that, we should have, uh, we should have uncle Polly on and do that. <laughs> you could have me do the impression. Oh my God. That's a bingo. <laughs> yeah. You're Australian, Italian, Russian guy. Oh my God. I was listening to that episode. I, I told you earlier this week, um, that I was listening to the episode and I just died laughing at work. Just like, oh, Ashes and her lovely, that's a bingo. <laughs> that's a bingo. That's a bingo. That was a terrible impression of a terrible impression. <laughs> like, this is like impressionception. <laughs> like, this is awful. Like, I don't know. Where's my totem? I, just, I can't tell if my top going. is still spinning or not. Like, just that's, keep going with these bad impressions. That's, that's awful. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, here's my impression of the Pope. Hello, I'm the Pope. Look at me. Uh, pope stuff. Like, <laughs> pope, pope stuff. Like, pope stuff. It's like the, the Simpsons where the guy's like, oh, the fake Pope can be can be, uh, can be be identified by his high top sneakers and incredibly <laughs> foul mouth. I think it's safe to say that this show... We no one's a good imp- impressionist. I can do good impressions. No, you just go turn into John Travolta. Over. Yeah, I was gonna say like, oh my god, like look at me, I'm John Travolta. Hey, I'm the Pope. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, peace be with you. Okay, like all right. Uh huh. Like, why so serious, man? Like, so hey. I have a question. Now I'm the Joker. Yes. Is there like an X Men like character who like is also a cat? Like, can turn into a cat? Because last night I was so done with being a person. Oh my fucking god! 
We're trying to go to bed. I'm so tired. Well, let's go to bed. I don't want to be. I want to be a cat. I don't want to be a people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want to be a Tizer ass kid. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to be uh. the people anymore. I want to be the kitty. <laughs> I'm laying on the couch and she like lays on top of me. She's like, I don't want to be a people. Morale. <laughs> she starts pawing at my face. I'm like, oh my God, let's go to bed. I don't want to be a people. Uh, yeah, I got that. So let's go to bed and sleep. I, I'm going to Google this, but I would say like the closest thing would be mistake. Because she oh, can- list, uh, uh Professor McGonagall turns into a cat. She's not, she's not an X Men. Well, maybe you don't know that. Like you don't know that maybe she's uh, the first trans wizard, so she would be an X Man. That's that's what you. Uh, I'm gonna cut you. Yeah. So, uh, Caitlyn Jenner is the worst X Man. I'm a kitty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That no powers. Nothing. Totally useless in a fight. I just want to be a kitty. <laughs> You're wearing a leopard onesie. Morale. Is it a onesie? It's, no. no, it's not a onesie. It's, it's just, just a jacket. A, a you have like a. Inside. Don't you have like a pink leopard? We have a blanket. I, I have. I have multiple. I don't. I don't. I don't onesies. fucking know what kind of onesie. Like I have a Batman awesome. one. <laughs> I do have my sweet Voltron Snuggie, courtesy of Kex. Thank you, Kex. Okay, so. Mystique is a mutant shapeshifter with the ability to shift into formation of biological cells at will to change appearance, therefore assumes the form of other humans and animals. Okay. Okay. Time out. Time out. Okay. I want to be, okay, so I want to be nope. Everfrost and Mystique. Nope. Uh, I can be a frozen kitty. Nope. Frostique. You'll be Frostique. Frostique. <laughs> no. Nope. Mystique can't turn into anything smaller than herself. God, you're such a... Science! Go fuck off. What? No, that what? Where does the extra mask go? If you were a person and you turn yourself into a cat, where does the extra mask go? It's one of the questions that has been plaguing Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. Like, Bruce Banner's like, hey, I'm five foot seven and 105 pounds. The Hulk's like, hey, I weigh 1,100 pounds and I'm eight feet tall. Look at me. I'm huge. How do you feel about turning into a wolf? Like Ronnie, Ronnie... I wasn't talking to you. Ronnie Ashes. Sinclair. Because there is an X-Men that is a She's wolf. X-Force. Ronnie Sinclair, also known as Wolfsbane. There's Feral. Feral's a wolf. And then, then there's Shatterstar. He is an alien. And then there is Sabretooth. He's kind of like a kitty man. <laughs> Whenever he beats up Wolverine, you can hear him purr. Like, that's true. Did you guys mention Kitty Pride? Oh, that's true. She's a kitty, but... She's not. She's Shadow she Cat. Yeah. She, sh- she has a pet dragon. She has a little pet dragon. He's about a foot tall. His name is Lockheed, named after Lockheed Martin, the uh, jet company. But is she, is she a kitty? Or you could be Her beast. name is Shadow Cat. She walks through the wall. You could be Beast Boy if he was an X-Man. And I love... Beast. Okay, can, yeah, we need to beast talk about Beast Beast is not Boy a cat. Point. I love Beast Boy. Beast is Nicholas Holt. And he's all like, what a glorious day. And he fights Max Rokitansky and Immortan Joe. Yeah. Can we back this trade up and go to a break? <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to go to a break and we don't have any inspirational Olympic quotes from Wolverine. So we're going to go back to our normal music. And uh, when we come back, we are going to discuss Old Man Logan and X-23. So we'll be right back. 
Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight to the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm gonna strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. Alright, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebags. And we're back. I hope you didn't miss us too much. It wasn't that long ago that we were here talking about, uh, I don't know, whatever the hell it was before break that we were talking about. We got into like this weird discussion about how I don't shower during the uh, commercial break. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> No, this is true. He's very stinky. Yeah, you know, I did shower before the show today. Um, I cleaned up the bathroom. I put a little more uh, dye in my beard because it was starting to get a little... Uh, Orange. Yeah. Because uh, when I was a child, my hair was blonde, so I get a lot of that in my beard. Uh, it's now, called gray. Now, no, I wasn't gray as a child. Now my hair color is scalp, so, <laughs> so that's a little yeah. different. Um, but, you know, there are certain certain folks that, you know, can rock the beard and the bald head look. Uh, El Goro's one. Uh, Wooberman. Wooberman's another guy, you know, like... The three of us, we have, like, you know, this... You know, when you're super handsome, it's way easier to not worry about being bald. And those gentlemen will totally agree with me. Speaking of super handsome... I, I Hugh Jackman. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but he's not bald. He doesn't have a beard. He's like scruffy he mutton chops. He sometimes chop. has beards. He has scruffy mutton chops. He had a role where he had a shaved head, so... Huge, yeah, and what was that? Huge jacked I don't man. remember... Like in the days of doesn't matter. She mange. wasn't paying attention to the movie. That's when Wolverine it was Hugh Jackman. Had, I know. That's when Wolverine <laughs> had mange, and they took him back to the Weapon X facility to give him a flea dip. So, old man Logan. Now, uh, I don't know how familiar. I know you're a big comic nerd, mm-hmm. Agent Nicole, Do but we? I don't know how familiar you were with this before we decided to start talking about it. Um, I am more familiar with the second volume, which was done in 2015. Where they brought old man Logan back to talk about the second Civil War in the Marvel comics. Um, and it was written by Brian Michael Brandis. Yeah. Bendis. Yep. Who's Don Jessica Jones and Derek. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, yeah. But I'm not, I'm not very um, familiar with the 2008 done by Mark Miller. 
at all. Mm-hmm. But um, how about uh, how about you uh, there, Ashes? Um, I do not do comic books. So, well, when did um, you become familiar with him? Uh, when honestly, when Hugh Jackman took the role as Wolverine. Okay. Uh, how about the Wolverine? I mean, the old man Logan specifics. Um, I learned about it uh, about a half hour before we were set to record. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> no, um, <clears throat> you know, so when they announced that they were doing a movie, Logan, I know you got, you, Patsy, got really excited mm-hmm. about it. Um, and that's when you first kind of introduced me to the storyline, you know, kind of like a, what Patrick will do is, because I'm not a comic book person uh when the movies come out because i do really enjoy the movies i like the the action and stuff i think they're you know for the most part very well done uh what he will do is he will kind of give me like some background information almost like a history of what this movie could potentially be you know the stories that lead up to this movie the stories that could you know lead up to this potential storyline so he did a pretty good job of being like you know old man logan is so different from wolverine initially anyways um you know the whole marvel universe is just so like in disarray at this point um and then come to find out there are multiple universes within the universe and that's just i I can't even think about that because that just gives me a headache (laughs) (laughs) it's just it's just way too much for me to to grasp um but no so he he does a really good job as to you know kind of give me some some background information Mm. so when i enter into certain movies i kind of you know i i I get certain like you know uh shout outs and certain like you know bookmark points and stuff like like, yeah certain references and yeah yeah yeah. so you know like when we saw um Doctor Strange. Excuse me. When we went to see Doctor Strange, you know, I I understood why certain things were funny, you know, because like his like the Wi-Fi password, um, you know, I I, I got why certain things were were there, and I got some of the, the kind of like the inside jokes, yeah, uh, because he did a, you know does a really good job of kind of bringing me up to speed mm-hmm. um, on certain storylines and stuff, and also honestly, like doing this podcast, we've done a pretty good job with you know doing certain. <clears throat> introduce you know doing certain shows on certain characters at certain times like right now we're doing old man logan right before the movie logan comes out so you know when i do go to see logan which i will um i'll have a better understanding of what's supposed to be going on yeah <clears throat> well so thank, I, so thank you patrick oh, I, I appreciate that so if you are unfamiliar with uh, old man logan uh there are a couple of youtube channels that i subscribe to we actually watch those videos to kind of give us um like if you don't have time or money to go in and like wa- read every single book, you know that's associated with it. Because a lot of times these big storylines, uh, like this, this isn't a huge storyline. It goes from June two thousand eight to September two thousand nine. So I mean, it's a significant amount of time. Yeah, the, but it's that's a, all three volumes. Well, no, the the two thousand <laughs> June two thousand when it, 2008 to September two thousand. And eight. It's only an eight. No, this is this is to two thousand nine. So this well, might be. Doesn't matter. It's an eight issue. The first one, and then they did another eight issue with the Secret uh, Wars, and now now it is a complete series with the all new Marvel. Yeah, so. the all new, all different. Which 
which basically says, "Oh, you know about all you know about Marvel. You've been following it for forty years. Well, fuck you too." It kind of goes with the new with the, the movies. Well, yes, but the volume three is more towards what happens in the volume two edition. No, I'm, I'm I'm talking all new, all different Marvel. I know, but it's it, a giant middle finger to the fans. Okay. I'm not talking about just like the old man Logan storyline, all okay. new, all different Marvel, because it's they're basically trying to to boost their sales or kind of trying to tie things in because the the uh, like the Guardians of the Galaxy, the way they look now is not how they looked when they came out in the 70s. Like it's not even remotely close. So now they make them look like their cartoon or not the cartoon, their cinematic counterparts. But the uh, <clears throat> the old man Logan storyline, uh, you know, I we watched a, a couple of videos on it from the the YouTube channels uh, Comics Explained, which is uh, by Rob Jefferson, who does a really good job of kind of uh, explaining everything. And then the uh, Comic Storian storyline, where as he'll tell you before every single video in his really fast Mike Machida voice, that he takes trade paperbacks or entire storylines summarizes them breaks them down into bite-sized chunks and then reads them back dramatically to you which you know he does a really good job about it and these guys have crossed over a couple of times you know and done some work on each other's channels so you might uh you know either one you choose whichever one is kind of like your style or your speed that you that you enjoy you know you'll see similar information because they do you know it, there's only so many books that you know they have to cover but <clears throat> This storyline, uh, it takes place uh, 50 years into the future uh, on uh, Earth 807128. Uh, that's, you know, one of the multi, multi-universe, multiverse Earths. Like, the one where most folks are familiar with, you know, the one that's been taking place forever. That's what, 616 or 626 there, uh, Nicole? 616. 616. So the whole thing is Wolverine now works on a farm. You know, he has a family, he has a wife, a couple kids. And, you know, the, the, the landscape is just barren, barren wasteland. And the, uh, the controlling faction of his area is, uh, run by the Incredible Hulk, who has, uh, along with his cousin, the She-Hulk, spawned a family. And you're first introduced to them uh, as Wolverine's landlords. And at this point, Wolverine has become a pacifist. He has not popped his claws in 50 years. He has attempted suicide multiple times, but because of his healing factor, he just he can't die. He doesn't fight. He doesn't pop his claws. He is the total opposite of everything that Wolverine, as we know him, uh, has come to be. And so he's short on the rent, and he goes to tell the, the, the Hulk clan. You know, there's three of them, and they come. They arrive to his to his home in a graffitied Fantasticar. So they don't really tell you what happened to the Fantastic Four, but the fact that these three kids are in possession of it tells you that you know nothing good has happened to the fantastic four 
And it turns out that old man Logan can't pay his rent. And so after beating him like so severely, you know, to the point where, you know, his his healing factor is going to kick in. He's not dead. You know, they haven't killed him, but he's he's damn close. They tell him, "Okay, you know, give us double the rent next month or. You know, we kill you. We kill your whole family. So he's laid up in bed, and Hawkeye shows up. Hawkeye says, uh, "Hey, let me uh, let me let me tell you about this this job I got." Now Hawkeye at this point is blind because again, it's been fifty years since you know the present timeline, and and he is uh, you know he he's in really rough shape, you know. And again, he doesn't fight himself, and. and it, Throughout the course of their adventure, I'm not going to get into everything that goes on because it's a very rich storyline and there's a lot of characters involved and I think you should definitely check it out for yourself. But there's a lot that goes on with Logan and you know they, they run into a couple of s- specific situations and each time they run into that situation, Hawkeye says to him, what happened to you? You know, why... <clears throat> you know, the old Wolverine would have just ripped these guys apart... You know, and he's like, oh, I'm not Wolverine, I'm Logan. And so you find out that the whole event that was, uh, that's what they kept referring it to as the event. The whole thing gets kicked into into place, uh, or started into motion, I should say, by the Red Skull. The Red Skull says, listen, guys, you know, he gets all the, um, <clears throat> all the villains together. It's like, listen, you guys have been fighting the same heroes over and over and over and over and over like and you don't ever win like you might get the upper hand for a while but like somebody comes in and defeats you like he goes I'm guilty of it too you know continually get my ass kicked by Captain America or whoever so he comes up with a plan of getting some of these guys to kind of swap out their their adversaries so You you see the scene of Wolverine and Jubilee, and they're in front of one of the computers in the X Mansion, and like everybody is sending out these you know these distress distress signals. The Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Alpha Flight, you know everybody everywhere is like, hey, we need help, we need help, we're being attacked. And that was part of the plan was if everybody attacks on mass, everybody attacks at the same time, then there can't be you know like oh, hey, the Avengers are in trouble. Well, the X-Men aren't fighting anybody. We'll go help them. You know, this way everybody is occupied. And Wolverine tells tells Jubilee, get out, get out. You know, we have to get out of here. And all of a sudden, there's dozens of villains. You know, Strife, who's a a clone of Cable. There's uh, Ulysses Claw. There's... You know, all these guys, bullseye, you know, random guys that the X-Men don't normally fight, you know, Dr. Octopus. And Wolverine shreds through every single one of them, just destroys all of them. Like, there's this massive battle. And he has this huge fight with with, uh, Bullseye. And at the end, Bullseye is like, why are you doing this? You're supposed to be our friend. Wolverine's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Mysterio, who is... uh, a master of uh, illusions, like not like you know magic and stuff, but he used to. He's one of Spider-Man's main uh, villains. He comes in, and he's like, "Hey, look around you," and he he kind of like removes the illusion because he was a, a Hollywood special effects guy. 
back before he became a, a supervillain. He's like, hey, take a look around. And Wolverine looks around and notices that all the villains he thought he was fighting, he actually killed every single one of the X-Men. And Bullseye was actually Jubilee. So he killed Jubilee and she died in his arms. And, you know, he even, you know, Myst- uh, Mysterio, I almost called him Mystique. Mysterio even tells him, it's like, hey, do you really think that you could have just beaten 40 supervillains that easily? He's like, that would never happen. However, people that know you and trust you and care about you, like, they wouldn't even raise a hand to you before, you know, you were able to kill them. So, you know, I kind of fucked with your head and Wolverine just like went off into the woods, like just at the the, the brink of insanity and depression. And he like laid himself down on a train track and let a train run, run over his head and then like disappeared for years. And then when he comes back, <clears throat> you know, that's the next time anybody knows anything about him <clears throat> is... At this point, you know that you know he's telling the story. He's, re- he's reliving the story and telling it again to uh, to Hawkeye. So at this point, you know there are are different factions ruling uh, ruling all of the United States, and there's only twenty mutants left because no mutants have been born in something like forty forty five years. So, <clears throat> you know. This whole thing is to try and, you know, the whole mission is to try and stop the Red Skull. But we get a lot of uh, a lot of uh, really good backstory. And a lot of people uh, kind of look at this as the best Wolverine story ever told. Because it's gotten to the point where Wolverine, and that's part of the reason why Wolverine was killed off. Like, he's an immensely popular character, but they've pretty much done everything they could do with him like he's been an avenger he's been on the fantastic four he's been an x-men he's been on this x-men team and that x-men team he's been he's gone to gone to uh uh, alpha flight in canada and you know then there's the stuff about his memory and like but they'd kind of run out of things to do with him which is part of the reason why he was killed off in the earth 616 continuity but you know they go through this whole thing and Wolverine comes back to find his family has been killed. And that's the point where he says, all right, Logan's dead. Wolverine's back. Wolverine is back. And he decides to go after the entire Hulk family. Kills, like, brutally. Like, goes back to almost feral Wolverine when he was, like, this unthinking, you know, remorseless murder machine, and he just destroyed everybody. And he finally gets to Bruce Banner himself, who, after years of radiation absorption, because you know it was it was implied that there was a lot of uh, use of nukes uh, in the uh, superhero supervillain war, that uh, <clears throat> you know he absorbed you know, Bruce Banner absorbed a lot of radiation and, and it made him stronger. So even as a frail old man or a frail looking old man, he still had all the powers of the Hulk. So. You know, he's beating the hell out of Wolverine. At one point, he hits him with a goddamn cow, like a legit cow. (laughs) And uh, Wolverine slices it in half, you know, because he's finally drawn his claws again to fight the Hulk team that that killed his family. And, you know, fighting these Hulks, it's... um, And we see this again with uh, 
<clears throat> when uh, the Hulk fights uh, X-23 in something I'm going to talk about later. The like they may have the powers of the Hulk, but they don't have his experience. So the fight's really more one sided. Like they should, you know, on paper they should destroy Wolverine, but because he's got at this point, I don't know how many years of experience. Like is he two hundred? Is he three hundred? Is he a hundred? Like who, who the hell knows? And this is a, a totally different alternate version of Earth, so no one has any idea how long he's been around. But he fights the Hulk, is able to stab him with all six claws right through the stomach. Uh, Bruce Banner, I should say. And then Bruce Banner's like, okay, now I'm going to turn into this like massive, you know, uh, warped version of the Hulk because he's absorbed so much different, uh, different type of radiation. So it's not just a gamma radiation. Now it's, you know, like uranium fallout and stuff like that. So he's really like this grotesque version of the Hulk. And he eats Wolverine. Like, that's his, that's that's how he decides to finish things off. He eats Wolverine. Like, literally... Because the uh, Hulk clan is just a clan of cannibals. They just eat people. Like, that's that's their their thing. Everybody's got to have one, and that was theirs. So, later on, he's sitting there, and he talks to one of his kids, one of his surviving kids. So, there's, like, one older son, and then, like, a baby that's left, and then Bruce Banner Hulk. And he's like, oh, I don't feel so good. And Wolverine tears through his body because his healing factor finally kicked in and he shredded through the Hulk's back. Can I just say that the artwork in that that one frame, that's what they're called, right? Frames or... Yeah, one panel. Like, that was just so awesome. So well done. Like, the color and just the intensity and just... It was just awesome. I enjoyed that. Well, all the the artwork... Hulk's guts just... Flying out as Wolverine's the, the, like Rawr. the pencil work by Steve McNiven is phenomenal. Like there is so much. Like at one point, there's a fucking dinosaur with a venomous symbiote chasing them. Like before the you know him and uh him and Hawkeye as they're making their way across the country because they have to go basically from Sacramento, California to Washington or New York. I forget exactly which spot they end up in, but they have to go across the country and like there's a dinosaur with a friggin' venom symbiote chasing them it's a t-rex and it's it's friggin' awesome like the artwork that's in this is like in addition to millar's um skill at writing like the steve mcniven uh this the steve mcniven uh, art is amazing i mean millar's really good and then Brian Michael Bendis and Jeff Lemire take the next two volumes. And uh, the art is all done by Andrea Sorrentino. <clears throat> but, like, these are, like, some of their top writers that Marvel has. And, like, whenever there's, like, a big, big storyline or something that they really need, they they have these guys come in and write the stories for them. So, you know, the Hulk, you know Wolverine's able to burst out of the Hulk like a friggin' xenomorph spawn. And kills the older son, takes the baby with him, buries his family, and then says, you know what? I've kept my head down long enough. I saw where it got me. Yeah, I had... I mean, granted, he had several decades of peace and, and quiet, but in the end, I mean, I think that's really the the, uh, the message that no matter what Wolverine does, no matter how long he tries to stay hidden, everyone finds out who he is and goes after him. 
and so that's how the the first uh the first uh installment of this storyline goes and uh, obviously i skipped over a lot for the sake of uh you know time and i don't want to spoil the whole thing for you because there's a lot of cool shit and a lot of uh, uh a lot of really awesome storyline stuff that happens like you find out what happens to a bunch of different uh a bunch of different heroes uh some villains like there's one villain that all the only <laughs> the only glimpse of that villain you get is just like one panel of him just standing there indicating that he watched all the events of whatever just happened but I'm going to turn this over to Agent Nicole because I don't know what happens in the next two. I'm only familiar with this one. I only know what happens in the second part. But So in 2015, um, Marvel went into this thing called Battle War, uh, Battle World. Uh, a lot of connections to the secret, uh, secret War or the Second Silver War to happen. And it was a five-issue um, five arc where you see the sequel of what happens to Logan after after the events of the first, um, from the series of 2008. So he, to put into basic words, he kind of turns into like a John Wick, kind of goes in um, in the first issue. He goes in and he's kind of taken this kind of like Clint Eastwood kind of vibe where he just goes into this bar and these kids have like they're wearing the mask of Iron Man and Daredevil and he's just like and they're telling him get the fuck out of our bar like you have no need for being here so Wolverine or Logan I'll probably interchange the names I did um he basically was he kill, he just takes what he he's like fuck you guys you're not you're not heroes why the hell are you doing it and he just goes into like kind of like a killing spree and the kid, he gets to the kid who's wearing the Daredevil. And he's like, why are you wearing this? He's like, well, I thought it was cool. And he's like, you don't deserve to be wearing this and annihilates him. So he's trying to find answers of what's going on. And he's trying to bring justice back to the world he's currently living in. And this is where it kind of gets a little iffy. And I'm sorry for those who have read it. And I'm not giving this section justice. But he goes in with the baby, baby Bruce. Um, you see a cameo of Danny Craig, who is uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's daughter, who's grown up, takes care of baby baby Bruce as he is on a mission to figure out what's going on. And he goes in some trial and errors going. They have in the first series, they're talking about like how a lot of the villains have different sections where they're controlling certain areas. So he's heading towards kind of like where New York used to be, and he meets up with Jessica uh, Jessica Walters, who is um, She-Hulk. Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer, sorry. Um, Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, and they're basically getting eaten by zombies, trying to escape um, the hell that they've been um, imprisoned. And so she basically throws him over to get him out of the hell that they've they've taken and she gets eaten basically by a zombie that that can fly and so he gets thrown so high that he doesn't know what's going on 
he encounters a female kind of Thor, like if you took like Ultron and put Thor together, it's like a female Thor. Thoraltron. Yeah. And basically it's like, you have no right to be here. Like you need to go back to your world. It's, it's kind of a hot mess <clears throat> to the point where um, he gets, they get um, that Thor and there's like this huge war with Apocalypse and it's a whole shit show. He gets thrown so hard. He doesn't know where, what world he's in. Um, he interacts with uh, Tony Stark and Rhodes. Um, and he learns about like how different worlds are colliding and realizing like the world that he knows from his past and the world that he's currently in is kind of like time has kind of been messed around. He gets thrown so hard into a building, he he starts to feel like he's seeing things, and he encounters Emma Frost and Jean Grey, and he's thinking, oh my god, this is not real, this is not real, after having to deal with Mysterio from the first series. And they comfort him and say, hey, no, 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 this is really Emma Frost, this is really Jean Grey. They take him basically to a safe haven where he, all his friends are still alive. Like, he's grown old, but, like, everybody's there. Cyclops, Rogue, Storm. And he's basically, like, this is the world we're living in right now. We're trying to find an answer. And then at the very end of that, um, the issue, the fifth issue, it kind of sets up the series that is currently running for Marvel of Old Man Logan by uh, Jeff Lemire. Um where he's in this world where he's really old and his friends are still around, but he's trying to find the answer. So what's going on with the time collapse and all that stuff. So, Yeah, that's um, <clears throat> from what I understand from some of the, the, the videos we watched, mm-hmm. they, uh, the earth is in such disarray after like, you know, as these stories progress, um, Galactus comes, and they're able to... The remaining superheroes are able to kill Galactus and use him and his technology to kind of, like, go to another planet and kind of, like, restart over, and that's how Logan now is in... It's He's still old man Logan, and he's in the Earth where Logan is dead. Yeah, Earth 616 Logan Wolverine is dead. Well, I don't know if he's dead so much as... He's at least incapacitated because he's covered well, in adamantium. According to Brendis, um, he is dead. Okay. Earth 616 is dead when although he's I, writing this story. Although I hear that, of course, they're thinking of bringing him back. But this is a way of using Wolverine. Because like I said, like he had done everything and you know all this stuff had happened. So when he meets up with these new... Uh, not new, but like these people that he knew in his previous life you know these are just a different version of them you like, could say that um <clears throat> i think it's just like an advanced version like they have like when he's encountered by emma frost and Jean gray he's traumatized because he's you know he realized what happened before with um mysterio where you know is this an illusion? Like, um, is this what's going on? And he, they have to comfort him, like, tele, uh, telepathically, you know, they see what they see what he's been through. They understand. Yeah. And 
so they try to find comfort like no 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 this is really us like please don't worry like stop freaking out yeah because he's he's totally fucked up like he killed all these people yeah like he murdered them you know because of a, a an illusion so now he's almost like started making it his mission to prevent that from happening it's yeah. like oh you're talking about this guy well this is the guy who you know killed daredevil say you know like oh well i'm gonna go kill this guy before he can kill daredevil it's like but that's a different world a different timeline like yeah. that shit isn't going to happen in this yeah. timeline well and i can understand where he's freaking out is because just probably five hours prior he was dealing with emma frost basically decomposing right in front of his eyes yeah so he was like after being dealing with zombies dealing with a basically brainwashed tony stark he who's just kind of conditioned to the rules of society because when he's talking to tony stark he's like do you remember who i am and he's like no i don't i'm sorry like like he doesn't know who wolverine is i mean even to the point where you know just to touch on that emma frost thing Mm -hmm. like in his world emma frost is you know 80 years old. Yeah, he basically... And t- is married to Dr. Doom. Yeah, he tells her, like, when they first meet in the series, he's like, show me who you really are. None of this bullshit. And she's like, a woman's got to have her dignity. Like, you know, I'm not going to show you all my cards. But, like, towards the end where... Or towards in the middle when she's basically decomposing, she lets her true form be shown to him. Yeah, because she projects, you know, through her, her mental manipulation power, she projects her young self, yep. even though she's... It would be like if you ran into Julie Andrews today and she looked like Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that type of thing. Like, she's projecting her younger, more beautiful self. And that's why, you know, she gets that from that that uh, that reaction from Wolverine. Now, <clears throat> what I, I do want to talk about is um, what I do want to kind of uh, switch things over to is... Because that's, I mean, that's a decent amount on Old Man Logan. It'll kind of, you know, set you up for what he's looking at. Like, he is an older Logan in this film. He is, you know, his friends are gone. He's not, his healing factor isn't what it used to be. Like, if you look at some of the trailers, like, he's got scars, which he shouldn't have. You know, he can get sick. Like, he's coughing in one scene. Like, as he ages, his, his... Healing factor yeah. ages too. In the film, it's they loosely based on the comic series. But um, if you're trying, if you're following through film, um, kind of chrono- chronological order, it is five years after night uh, X Men Days of Our Future Past. So the film takes in 20, 2009, two, 2029. Sorry. All right, and if you look at um, and this, if you have not seen X Men Age of Apocalypse, I don't blame you. But there is... Uh, I'm not. Well, I, I ha- we have it, so we'll let you borrow it because there I is... I don't want to. No, no, no. You, you kind of need to see it because this is the immediate precursor of this film. Like, the events of that film set up uh, Logan. I, I've been reading, and they're saying that it takes five years after X-Men Days of Our Future Past. Right. Like X-Men Apocalypse. But if of- you watch the film, you will see... Uh, a cameo by uh, crazed Weapon X Logan. Oh. 
you know, with the cre- you know, he's wearing basically a loincloth and he's got a, you know, that weird helmet thing on. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, there's a post-credit scene where the Essex Corporation comes in and collects his DNA, which is then used to create X twenty three. Which that's how that movie ties into this one. Okay. So X twenty three is the twenty third clone of Wolverine. And every time they tried to clone him there was a problem, they couldn't do it. Uh so they switched it to a female. Now I'm not sure how the film's gonna handle this, but there is a a scene in one of the trailers where she is. Uh, they are surgically removing her claws, which, as you know, in Wolverine's case, they are bone. They are a part of him, but they became covered in adamantium when his entire skeleton was covered in adamantium. Now, they don't do that with this young girl, X-23, because if you covered her bones as a, say, seven, eight, nine-year-old, whatever, however old she's supposed to be, she would be unable to grow. And she would be in constant agony that would most likely drive her insane. But they do surgically remove her claws and cover them in adamantium before putting them back. You know, and she's kind of kept in a, in a you know, treatment facility in a cage, like the way you would expect, you know, some crazy government to be, you know, uh, experimenting on mutants to behave. And in the, in the comics she eventually turns against her creators much the same way Wolverine did and ends up killing her mother. Now, this is not her biological mother because she's a clone of of, uh, Wolverine. So what they did was they created an embryo and implanted it with Wolverine's DNA, and then they uh, gave the embryo to this woman who carried her to term so she had a normal life. But she ends up, in her berserker rage, uh, she ends up... you know, killing the woman who carried her. I don't know if they're going to do that in the film. They might, they might do it a a different way, but she is, uh, you know, she spends a lot of time on the run. She actually runs into uh, the, the, the Phoenix five at one point, I believe um, that you had mentioned earlier ashes. And, you know, eventually she runs into Wolverine and Wolverine teaches her a whole bunch of stuff. And, He's reluctant at first, but then, you know, he kind of takes her under his wing because he kind of views it as uh, a way to retire because she has all his powers and abilities. The difference is she has the two claws on her hands and she does have a third claw, but I'm not going to talk about it because they might end up using that in the movie. And I don't really want to spoil what happens and how that works, but um, she ends up taking over him, especially after he dies. And she is present in the uh, World War Hulk aftermath, you know, that I was I mentioned earlier, where, you know, the same confrontation that he had with Emma Frost, he was fighting pretty much everybody. And one of the fights was between him and X-23. And she uses her secret hidden claw, you know, to mount an attack. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm exactly as powerful as Wolverine and I can do everything he can do. So if he can beat you, I can beat you. And he's like, yeah, here's the thing. You're like 20. Wolverine's like 200. You don't have the same battle uh, battle experience, and you and I have never fought. And, you know, for those of you unfamiliar, the first time we ever see Wolverine, he's fighting the Hulk. Like, he was sent to track down and kill the Hulk. Um, 
so he kind of just takes X-23 and just like flings her away out of the battle. <laughs> because, you know, it's like, again, you have these powers and these skills and abilities, but you don't have the experience uh, using them to back it up. I mean, it's the same way, like, if I went to a gun range and, you know, an experienced sniper went to a gun range, they would do much better than I would. We'd have the same weapons, but not the same experience using them. So, Nicole, did I miss anything on X-23 about that? Did I skip any part? I'm not really familiar with X-23, other than when she made her first appearance in the X-Men Evolution series. But other than that, no. I know that not pertaining to the story, I know that a lot of people were pretty upset when X-23 had her own comic book series, and they kind of... It was a very dark series where she kind of... I'm not sure if it's true or not. From what I've gathered, they were kind of making her very, like, kind of um, like a prostitute. I That sounds kind of familiar. Like, that yeah. seems like something I've they, heard. Like, a lot of people were excited that, you know, X-23 was going to have her series. <clears> and <throat> then she basically... They turned it into a very, like... Like a lot of fans were upset. I know that Marvel, with the all new Marvel comics, they X twenty three does have a series out. I'm not familiar with it though. Yeah, and again with the different reboots and reimaginings and retcons and things, you know, there's probably a lot more that goes in. I mean, I know there's a lot more that goes into who X twenty three is, but this is just to give you a little bit of background. And that's we're not saying that any of this is going to be the same as what happens in the film, but this is you know again. For people who aren't familiar with these characters, you know, like us, uh, you know, this is a good way of getting in and saying, okay, you know, let us share the knowledge that we have, you know, to kind of give you a background. Because a lot of people, you know, don't want to go to see uh, a, a lot of people don't want to go see a, a superhero film about a superhero they really know nothing about. And obviously, Wolverine, you know that he's just like this unstoppable badass, but it's like, well, why is he. Why is he driving a limo? Like, why does he have like a bachelor party full of you know full of drunken assholes in the back of his car? Mm-hmm. Like, why is he trying to negotiate with someone to buy a boat? Like, that's not Wolverine. Wolverine would just go in there, kill the guy, and take it. Like, what's going on? Like, why is he like this? So, I'll give you a little bit of background because they probably will not go into this in the film. No, but um, kind of a side note, and this is a question for everybody: What is your favorite Wolverine adaptation? So, like, like. Including the movies, this comic book series, the TV, like, what is your favorite Wolverine? Obviously, Patsy. I uh, I actually was just, uh, I went to visit my parents last week, and the way I go to visit them, I actually have to pass That's Entertainment, and I haven't been to That's Entertainment in a very long time. So I stopped, and I was looking at some of their older games, mm-hmm. and I found an old version of uh well first i got a jaws game but they were doing like buy one get one half off so i got jaws uh for playstation because you can play as a shark Mm -hmm. but i also got uh it was supposed to coincide with x2 the movie that came out yeah and it was uh a wolverine origin it was called uh wolverine's revenge and wolverine is voiced by mark hamill and i used to play it all the time when playstation 2 was like the only thing that was out and i love that game so I was like, I have to pick this up again. It was only like five bucks. Yeah. So 
Uh, I think that might be my favorite uh, version of Wolverine simply because it's voiced by Mark Hamill, and Mark Hamill does it a phenomenal job on it. Cool. Ashes? Um, <clears throat> I, so the only uh, exposure I have to, to Wolverine is in the, you know, the cinematic storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy. Um, I think it was was it the the original X Men movie or like the the one that like they all the the movie like the two thousand movie that started like every. What do they call you, Wheels? You know, um, the one where like you know it's it's him and it's. Rogue at and the beginning? Back, yes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is, is that's that the one? first okay, one. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that one. Um, you know, just with the original, like, cast of, you know, you have Storm and Jean Grey and, you know, uh, Cyclops and, and everybody. Um, you know, he's trying to find, like, where he belongs while trying to, you know, uh, be kind of like a... Almost like a mentor towards like Anna Paquin's rogue yeah. character and stuff, and I just really, I, I really enjoyed the dynamic between those two characters. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna have to say the 2000 uh, Hugh Jackman portrayal of of Wolverine. Fun fun fact about that film. Um, there's a, a a part of the plot that got cut out or some deleted scenes that never made it. Uh, you know the scene at the end where Storm looks at Toad and says, do you know what happens to a Toad that gets struck by lightning? Mm-hmm. Same thing as everything else. Well, apparently, like, the Toad was supposed to have, like, uh, recurring dialogue where he's like, do you know what happens when a Toad, like, does this? Do you know what happens when a Toad does that? Like, that was supposed to be, like, a recurring thing. Yeah. So that was supposed to be, like, a super badass line mm-hmm. that Storm delivers. But they gave Toad zero fucking lines throughout the yeah. entire movie. Yeah. Which always seems to fucking happen. Every time Ray Park is in something, they don't give him any lines. When he was Snake Eyes, granted Snake Eyes is mute, but Snake Eyes gets no lines. When he played Darth Maul, he got no lines because that's not his voice whenever Darth Maul speaks. So that's bullshit. They just want him to run around, flip and jump and kick and do ninja shit, but they don't want him to fucking talk. That pisses me off. I think Patsy's in love with Ray Park. Ray Park is fucking amazing. Oh, no, I know. I, I will know. fight anybody that says otherwise. Ray Park is fucking awesome. Oh my god! Calm down. Didn't he play a, a character in, in Heroes? Heroes? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. was a badass ninja guy. Did he, he talk in that? He did, and he had an accent, and it was awesome. And he was awesome. Ray Park, if you are listening, you are welcome to come on the show anytime. We'll talk about any fucking character you want. Doesn't even have to be one you played. So that's out there. Anybody? <laughs> anybody knows Ray Park? So that's it. That's out there. That's just an open. Anybody knows Ray Park? Invitation. Just you tweet tell it. Him. Just tweet just him when this him. episode drops and be like, like "Hey, listen, I talk about you." Ray you Park. He's fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> he beat Liam Neeson in a fight. So fuck that. I smell a restraining order. <laughs> listen. Unfortunately, I don't have a good lord. All I need. Out. All I need for my Ray Park doll is a tooth. That's all I need left. <laughs> wow. If I was still in the con. Is that why I'm not allowed in your closet? Wait, you got the lock of hair? I ha- Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I just add it to the ball every time I get a new one. If I was still in the con business, I would have hooked you up. <sighs> you know who I should and talk to? That didn't to? sound You know right who I should like talk to? I should talk to Jenny Ismi, who fucking partied with Ray Park. Jenny. 
Get me Ray's number. <laughs> Jenny, I need Ray's number, Jenny. We got to get him on the show. You can come too if you'd like. You know, as like a facilitator, like there's a finder's fee. Like Ashley or will his cook you something or something. To keep it's like Ray Park. Ray Park beat fucking Liam Neeson, and they both had lightsabers. You're telling me anybody who beats Liam Neeson when Liam Neeson has a fucking lightsaber needs a bodyguard? They'd be like that picture of fucking Jason Momoa with those two like little dudes. I'm like, where are his bodyguards? It's like, yeah, okay, go fuck yourself, guys. You are not Jason Momoa's bodyguards. Gosh, I've seen him throw axes. You just sploosh it all over the place. <sighs> you, you may be able to get Ray Parker Jr. Oh, yeah, he needs the money. <laughs> he needs the cash. Who are you going to call? Not me. My phone's been disconnected. <laughs> I got fired from the car wash. Um, fuck. <laughs> now I don't even remember what I was talking about. I got. We, don't we have a voice take a Toad. Yeah, we got the toad thing, and you were talking about your favorite incarnation of Wolverine. What's your favorite incarnation of Wolverine? We do have a voicemail we got to get to, though, from uh, our good friend Riku, who probably explains X23. Oh, my way God. All of a sudden. So, Nicole. What is your favorite incarnation of Wolverine? Wait a minute. How about you, Wolfie? Do you have a favorite incarnation of Wolverine? Nope. Okay. Not even like the uh, 90s uh, comic? I, I the, just... The cartoon? It's just... It's not fair for me to say. I've never really read Wolverine, so... You've never seen any any X-Men movie or watch any I, of the cartoons? I have, but I, I would pick a uh, comic book, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm not answering this one. He gets a pass. Yep. Yeah, but it's just your favorite incarnation. It's not like which is your favorite comic series. I, I realize what I'm saying. I'm passing. He's passing. <laughs> he gets a pass. <laughs> All right, okay, so, so Agent Nicole. Agent Nicole. It's the same as Ashes. Okay. Same as Ashes. So the first. Yeah. I'm sorry. Film? Like, can I just say, like, the scene where he's like on the motorcycle? Ah. Uh, right. Yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And he what happened like to my the, motorcycle? The jacket, or when he's he's, just, he's escaping uh, the medical table, and he's like all like he's got all yes, this, oh yeah, yeah. No, the the yeah, best yeah. part of that is when because they keep fighting Mystique when she's Rebecca Romaine and Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, she's yeah, not Rebecca. lettuce. She's not lettuce. Uh, but she's I Re- almost Rebecca Romaine. I almost <laughs> I, I almost made a. a, a, a a romaine head of lettuce joke, but uh, this is the classy podcast. Did you just do cocaine? No. You're like, but you're like all hyped up. The and scene, I got, I got fired up. Martial arts stuff fires me up. Um, the scene, <laughs> you, should, you should try it. <laughs> where where they're talking about because uh, they they Mystique has been impersonating people, and Cyclops is like, "How do I know it's really you?" And Wolverine goes. <laughs> You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's him. <laughs> like that. That's my favorite part of that film because that that was easily the worst of those th- first three. It really was. That was not. That trilogy was not well done, well written. Anything like that's, that ooh, third look one at, was a fucking joke. Magneto threw Wolverine. Don't worry, he can swing back around by slicing off one of the pieces of the Statue of Liberty's crown? Like, hey, I'm the master of magnetism. I've already shown that I can kick the shit out of you, but the plot says now I can't for some reason. hoop de doo Look at me! Alright, so let's go on to a break. He's well, a fucking old le- mega Okay, Okay, so I think it's time to head to a break, break, and when we come back from a, the break, we do have a voicemail. Thank you, Ashley. And then we're gonna get into our usual wrap-up stuff. Yep. We have a new battle to throw down, And so we are going... Fun. And... We are going to debut 
two new segment introductions created by Jeremy McFarland today. And I know he was very well, I mean, excited like he about didn't this. create them today, but today, today is when we're is when, debuting them. Listen, people need to learn their subject verb agreement. I and, think he and needs to cut his mic. Listen, does right? anyone have Valium? Oh, oh my, my god. god! Like what? Is oh, marijuana? Wait. Just do you know, something. Oh, I do have. <laughs> oh, <shit>. Nicole has <laughs> drugs. Nicole <laughs> you can find her. I think I have something. Anyways, let's just go to break, and I have to double check my purse. So. All right, let's go to break. <laughs> This is Bobby Chains, Uncle Polly, and I'm the kid Tim Nice. And be sure to check out our podcast, Unchained, part of the Grand Guignol Network, available on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And we are back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You need to stop. You need to relax a little bit. I am relaxed. Patsy needs a timeout. Patsy, shut up the fuck up. Calm down. Listen, I am passionate. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, you're excused. Just don't let it happen again. Fucking throw this pen at you. I will throw it right back. Anyway, I will hit you with a frog. Anyways, so we're going to wrap things up. We have a wonderful voicemail from our wonderful listener, Riku, talking about X23. You guys ready? I am ready. Uh, who else is ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Whoa, listen. She's demanding. And it's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> Speakpipe decides not to work, so just give me a second. I can download it. Yeah, it's, you know. Damn you, Speakpipe, you're a twat. Wow, now who's getting all fucking <laughs> jumbled up? Okay, this isn't bad. You freaking... Listen, I told you, I get fired up about things. There is a reason I'm known as the angry nerd. It's not because I'm, you know, I'm not Patsy the cool, calm, and collected nerd, or Patsy the, the soft-spoken nerd. <clears throat> Like there's a, there's a reason for it. There's a reason why I drink. I don't blame yeah. you. I feel so bad for you, Bash. <laughs> she knew what she was getting into. All right, you guys ready? Yes, thank you. Hey, Throwdown Thursday, it's Riku. So you guys are doing uh, X23 this week. Uh, X23 is a character that I like a lot uh, because here's what they did: they broke the mold with the whole. Oh, let's make a female version of this male superhero. But they did it different, and I think they did it well enough to where I think she stands well enough. Al- she stands alone as her own character and doesn't. If Wolverine wasn't there, she would be a complete character. Even though she kind of needs Wolverine to be around because she is a clone in a way. And I love how they they took one claw out of the hands and put put him in her feet. It's really cool. Kicky, slashy, feety claws. Spoiler. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's it. I hope Logan's good. Have a good week. Bye. 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 Bye.
Hi, thanks, Riku. So, yeah, so uh, I know I didn't say much during the okay. uh, comic book discussion, but from what I have learned so far about X23, I'm really excited to see that. And, you know, uh, what Riku said, how they kind of broke the mold with her creation. I really, really, really enjoy the fact that the first 22, like, attempts were all male. And then, like, it's they're like, oh, well, hey, let's try making a, a female clone. And they succeeded. Like, I just kind of really enjoy the girl power aspect of that. I was just thinking while he was, when we were listening to his voicemail, that when he tells where the other claws are, you know that episode in um, Bob's Burgers where Louise gets her nail files? Yes. And the, yes. <laughs> and it has, yes. The feet <laughs> and the hands. I'm like, if they did a cartoon or the next costume that Louise does on the show should be X-23. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I, I really, um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how they portray her character specifically uh, in the Logan movie and, you know, what storyline they decide to take her on. From the, um, from the, from the trailer, she just looks like this uncontrolled, like maybe that's what Wolverine is there for to kind of teach her how to control. Well, it, yeah, I, th- I think that's why she needs, you know, uh, she could be her own standalone character, but she needs Wolverine. She needs, she, but she, she needs Wolverine, but most importantly, like she needs Logan to just kind of help her, you know, as, as a, like a, a mentor, yeah. you know, pretty much, you know, as kind of like, you know, one of those, you know, like the, the big brother, big sister, yeah. you know, uh, program, um, you know, to kind of be like her big brother and yeah. try to, you know, kind of, you know, she didn't ask to be created. Yeah. You know, so, you know, if he is there, he can kind of guide her through, you know, life for the most yeah. part, you know, how to handle certain situations. Well, that's and, a, well oh. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, from what I've read so far, the reviews for this film has been amazing. And there's already been talks of like a sequel to it. Really? Yes. And a lot of people are saying like with Marvel or uh, just like X-Men and Fox in general, like this movie and Legion, the television show on FXX, um, it's kind of revamping the whole X-Men series. It's like, this is where it should be going. So I'm well, excited to see what they're going to do. To kind of to kind of touch on what uh, <laughs> Riku said and what you were just saying, um, you know, where he said, you know, if it wasn't for Wolverine, she'd be a complete character. And where you said, you know, she kind of needs the guidance. I think it's not just that she needs guidance, but the only one that she'll listen to is Wolverine. Because he's the only one who can relate to what she is going through. Mm-hmm. Right. She, he was experimented on. He was forced through all these, you know, terrible surgeries. And he was forced to undergo all these different things. And he has the exact same power set as her. Like, she is him. Right. You know? So, like, I think that's where, you know, like, the, the evolution of that conversation would go. It's like, yeah, this is this is all true. However... If it if it isn't for him, um, there's no there's no way that she would really. I mean, she somebody could reach out to her and kind of like be a mentor to her, but she wouldn't be a hero. She wouldn't be that character. She wouldn't be that same who she is without Wolverine kind of guiding her and telling her who. Right, because who are you going to listen to? Some some douchebag who has no clue. Who what thinks he knows? He, Even right, a Professor X type, right? Who yeah. who thinks that you know they know everything, or someone who could be like, "I'm like you, like we're one of the same." Like, let me 
help guide you through life, you yeah. know, learn from my mistakes. This is what happens to me. Like, you know, I understand you, you know. Yeah, I know what it, this is how I control my berserker rage. It took me, you know, 50 years to figure out how to do this, but, you know, I'm going to teach you how to do it so you can do it before you hit puberty. Because imagine a kid like that who hasn't hit puberty yet. Holy fuck. Like, that's going to be insane. She could be one raging teenager. Right. A teen rager. Yeah. So I think with that, we'll uh, go ahead. We'll close off that uh, that discussion because we don't have any more voicemails. We don't have any more uh, feedback. Uh, so what we're going to do now is uh, we're going to do our usual wrap ups. And Ashes, you actually before we go, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do our before we get into the science facts and everything. We're gonna uh, the the battle that you came up with earlier in the day I thought was very very good uh, so why don't you tell the folks what our throwdown for this week is going to be can we, can yeah. we do are we doing yeah it's, it's um, um it, oh, oh, hey! <laughs> this is why you don't skip rehearsal <laughs> hold on hold on Ready, let's count it out one two three it's a motherfucking throwdown somebody oh! somebody needs to take that clip set it to music and we can just play it instead of them trying to do it together every single time. One of these days we're going to get it right. We kind of did So, it th- what's time. your what's what's your throwdown? Okay, so going along with our theme for this episode, we are going to do Old Man Logan versus Dark Knight Returns Batman. Yes. So, like, old, old Wolverine versus old Batman in a hand-to-hand combat. Now, by hand-to-hand, I mean, you know, the use of, of, of like, Batman can have his suit and his gadgets and, you know, his typical, you know, how they would If they had a week of preparation, how they would meet in battle. <clears throat> right. So, Old Man Logan versus Dark Knight Returns Batman. I think Yay. that's a really good fight. <clears throat> so... So I think what we're going to do now is we're going to do our usual wrap-up routine, and we are going to debut the science fact theme created by Mr. Jeremy McFarlane, and I hope you folks enjoy it as much as I do. From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> All right, so as uh, a lot of folks out there know, uh, and it's not overly scientific to know this, that your DNA is what makes you who you are. You know, your height, your weight, your, your eye color, your skin color. You know, you get some from your mom, some from your dad, you know, all of that stuff. Now, what a lot of people don't know is that DNA is so complex that we share a lot of our DNA with uh, different animals. Like, for instance, there is a 1% difference in DNA uh, structure between a human and a chimpanzee. And just think about that. How much of a difference 1% makes from Albert Einstein to friggin' Bubbles the monkey that attended the Grammys with Michael Jackson one year? But yet evolution isn't real. Right. The interesting fact that I wanted to share with you today is that there is a 60% similarity. Now, remember this. At a DNA, at a genetic level, you are 60% the same 
<clears throat> As a banana. <laughs> no wonder why we're going bananas. But yeah, seriously, you share sixty percent of your DNA. Sixty percent of who you are is a banana. So I just I find that so fascinating because obviously the, you know the, there's a lot of the similar structures. You know, you both grow and eat and you know reproduce. Um, obviously, it's in different ways. Now I'm imagining two bananas having sex. <laughs> Those are bananas without pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But Kim, there, where, where, where did you get this fact from? I I, um, I looked a up Snapple. No, <laughs> I, no, I looked up an old. Uh, I was looking up a couple of different um, articles about like you know uh, G- DNA. Uh, sharing and like how close dna is like there's a bunch of different articles i looked up and because it was that specific one because i had heard someone had said like 95 percent, and i was like there's no way that we're only five percent away from a fucking banana but 60 percent seems more accurate because when you think about it most uh most of your dna you know it's not just you know how tall you are you know your eye color shit like that there's so much more to it. It's, you know, are you predetermined for any diseases? Are you carbon-based? Are, do you inhale oxygen? You know, things like that. Like, I mean, if you were to, even with a human fetus, if you were to interrupt the cellular mitosis at a certain point and compare it, like a human fetus looks the same as a pig fetus looks the same as a lizard fetus. Like at, at a certain de- developmental stage, they all look the same. So that's where you can you kind of look at it and see like, wow, this, this, uh, this, <clears throat> these life forms, these organisms, you know, really are more similar than their end products would lead you to believe. Because I mean, uh, with with the way life is, uh, you know, we are. I know it's it's this is going to be weird to hear, but we are very similar to bananas in a lot of ways, where we start off as single cells combining with other single cells, which com- which then grow outwards from there. And you know, you take a look at a bunch of bananas, and you know, there's always they always are roughly similar, but you know, different sizes, different widths, different lengths. Uh, you know, some develop spots at a different at a different point. You know, some stay ripe longer than others. Some ripen earlier than others, and you can see that in humans, where like, you know, you have taller people, shorter people. We were just having a whole conversation about how I got a fucking concussion because if I sit up straight in the back of Ashley's car, I hit my head on the roof. Meanwhile, she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I'm still two feet from the roof." Because she's only four and a half feet tall. I'm, for the record, I'm taller than four and a half. She feet. is five feet three inches. Nicole is four and a half feet. But as you go along, you know, you you see these, you know, as many differences as there can be in a human. You can see that there are many, many differences in a banana. So that's all I'm saying. And you know, obviously, that forty percent is where, you know. Because that's a, such a huge gap, you know, obviously appendages and rational thought and, you know, the ability to create and, you know, think freely and be like an actual sentient being. That's Blood that and guts. Well, you're still guts. We just eat the banana's guts. 
Do we peel its skin off and eat its guts? But when you do that with a person, woo, suddenly you have a problem. So that's uh, the science fact for today. So uh, what do you think? That was, that was an interesting one. 60% of our DNA is the same as bananas. That's, awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. I thought that was a grape sec- section. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Stupid. Go ahead, Wolfie. Cut me off. <laughs> First of all, shout out to Mr. Jeremy McFarland for creating that awesome music Music for the Von Nightmare Vineyard section. I very much appreciate it. Uh, so today, it is that time of year again, kids. That time of year I'm talking about is Girl Scout cookie time. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've ordered mine. I already bought and- a box today. <laughs> I went to Walmart and my dad's like, buy a Girl Scout cookie for me. I'm like, okay. Buy a Girl Scout cookie. So did you give him the one cookie and then like... I kept the rest to myself. <laughs> here's, your, here's your one cookie. You get you one Thin Mint. <laughs> Is that what you bought, Thin Mints? Yeah, I asked him what he was like. I want chocolate. Which one, dumbass? There's peanut butter and there's the, the mint. Thin Mint. Okay. So what is what is your favorite Girl Scout cookie? I like them all. Um, The Savannah Smiles... The what one. the hell is that? What? When I was a kid, there was four kinds of Girl Scout cookies. Oh my God, Spaz. Okay, yeah. Um, which one are those? It's a lemon one. It's uh, it's really good. The, you do can those only... have the um? Do they have the the lemon icing on the back? No, those are lemonades. Uh, which is the ones with fresh pork? You, because you're gonna get roasted in two minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean to interject on your vineyard. No, that's okay. A Girl Scout. What? Do you have a favorite type of Girl Thin Scout? Thin mint. Yeah, yeah. That's the it. only kind that matters. Oh, Wolfie, are you? Do you partake of the Girl Scout cookies? Do you have a favorite kind? Uh, I haven't had them in a while, but I guess Thin Mints or uh, the Samoas is that the name of them? They yeah. keep yes. changing. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about yeah Thin Mints and Samoas. Those, those, those are those, Listen, that's there, where it's at. There is an entire. Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where Dennis starts a cult to keep Mac from eating his Thin Mints. That's how good Thin Mints are. People will start cults over them. So there's, you know, uh, a a trend going around, and it's been going around for a couple of years, um, around Girl Scout cookie season. Girl Scout cookie and wine pairings. So I decided that I would give you my personal opinion in regards to the three most popular Girl Scout cookies, which are Thin Mints, Samoas, and Tagalongs. Tagalongs are like the little pe- chocolate-covered peanut butter patty deliciousness. So I'm going to start with my all-time favorite, which are Thin Mints. Um, thin Mints, I feel, are best uh, paired with a... So see, uh, to preface this... 
I love the combination of dark chocolate and dark wine, like a dark red wine. Um, I just, I think that they work very well together. They are both very strong, bold flavors. However, they don't compete with each other. Um, you know, they, they actually uh, mesh together very nicely. So Thin Mints, I feel we taste best with Apothic Dark. Now, I know we have, uh, I should say, I have spoken, um, waxed poetically about how much I love the Apothic Dark on here before. Apothic Dark is a dark red blend, and I feel like they would, again, just kind of complement the nice dark chocolate and the minty flavor, because, I mean, Thin Mints aren't like, you know, super minty flavor. I mean, it's not like that's all you taste. So um, I feel like those two, Thin Mints with Apothic Dark, uh, would pair best together. Um, going next, we have Samoas. For those who um, are unfamiliar, Samoas are the little coconut caramel chocolate covered delight things. I love them because I love the combination of coconut and caramel. I think it's absolutely delicious. Um, so, but, however, uh, when thinking of wine pairings, uh, coconut can be a very strong flavor. So you want something that's not going to compete with it. So rather than find something that would complement uh, the, the taste of the Samoa cookie, I decided to go with something that would actually just blend well with the overall flavor of the caramel chocolate coconut cookie. So I paired it with Tisdale's Sweet Red. Now, Tisdale's Sweet Red is definitely um, a very sweet, sweet red blend. Very. So it's not going to, and, and it's best served chilled, by the way. Um, so it's not going to uh, overpower the flavor of the cookie, but much rather kind of blend well with the sweetness of the chocolate and the caramel in the cookie while not really creating an odd taste with the coconut. And last we have tagalongs. And like I said before, tagalongs are those chocolate covered peanut butter patty deliciousness. And um, it took me a little while to kind of think of, of one that would pair best with peanut butter because I normally do not consume wine and peanut butter together. Um, so it took me a little while, and then I started thinking, well, let's choose a red, but let's choose a, a red that's not super dry, but one that's not super sweet either. I chose a red. I actually chose Entwines, which is a really cool um, brand that we recently had. Um, <clears throat> it's actually sponsored by Food Network. Entwines Merlot. Now, I love a good Merlot. That's why I'm called the mistress of Merlot. Mm -hmm. um, I love a nice dry red glass of Merlot. And Patsy, on the other hand, is not a huge Merlot fan because he doesn't like the super dry reds, um, especially not to the extent that I do. He loved this wine because it's it's a Merlot. It has the, the base of a Merlot, but it's not as dry as normal uh, Merlots are, and it actually has kind of like a like a jammy uh, berry flavor to it, and it definitely has that jammy aftertaste, which obviously peanut butter pairs very well with you know with with jelly, so you can have your peanut butter and drink your jelly. Yeah, it was actually uh, 
people were handing out, uh, not handing out, but they were uh, wine tasting at one of the grocery stores we go to, Wegmans, and she was apparently, off looking at wine. Sorry, side note, apparently you cannot taste half the bottle. No, they give you like a thimble and they fill it up halfway. But I tried it first and I was like, ooh, <laughs> this is really good. I'm like, let me try this Merlot. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And I went and I grabbed her and... This is the first time I've ever like said, "Hey, you need to try this wine because I think it's really good." And she tried it and liked it, so that was a first. So yeah, so there you have it: uh, top three Girl Scout cookie wine pairings: Thin Mints with Apothic Dark, Samoas with Tisdale Sweet Red, and Tagalongs with Entwine Merlot. Sweet. Yum. So we know what time it is now. Time for bed. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, Agent Nicole. And we are back for another segment of Agent Nicole Files. I'm going to talk about a recently new podcast that I've been listening to that I enjoy and has made my life at work so much better. Um, it's a. It's been around for a while. It came out in 2015, around fall, and it's um, by Jamie Morton. And guess what? His dad has written a porno. The podcast name is My Dad Wrote a Porno with James Cooper and BBC Radio One's Alice of Levine. Um, so Jamie's father, under the pen name of Rocky. Flintstone wrote a. Oh my god! Yes, yes. <laughs> I may not be Fred Flintstone, but I could make you bad rock. Uh, wrote an erotic novella called Belinda Blinked, and he wrote it because he wanted to find a way to um, make money because Fifty Shades of Sh- Bullshit is making a lot of money, and so he figured, why not? Um, the series um, is going to be. It's had two seasons already. The third season will be coming out this spring. It is freaking hilarious. Basically, Jamie takes um, his father's book and he reads a chapter each episode. Episodes are about 30 minutes long or so. And him and his friends are basically just criteria, like demolishing the writing of his father. Like, <sighs> there was one comment where he's like, let your. I don't even want to say it, but... <laughs> Give it to me. I'll read it. Do you have it written no, down? No, no, I'll no. read it, and I'll read it erotically. <laughs> no. Nobody wants to hear Patsy being creators. <laughs> One of the lines was literature. like, let your clits and tits do the talking. Let <laughs> I your just clits and tits do the talking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that I'm was done. not... I'm it's done. Just some of the why do you have more than one clit? <laughs> That's the biggest problem. That's why you should be talking. Okay, you can shut up. You're not good. Would you but like to come to my pleasure dungeon? <laughs> no. I call it Uncle Touchy's Naked Okay, back basement. your train up and get out of my sick <laughs> You're going to overuse that, and it's not going to be funny anymore. Well, you're not funny anyways. Yeah, hence why you're always laughing at everything I say. Um, so Don't it, you have a segment to be doing? I'm done. Because <laughs> you're pissing me off. Do you want me to read you some more erotic friend fiction? You can fiction? go fuck yourself. You can go fuck yourself. I'm done. <laughs> All right. So next week, what we're going to do is Agent Nicole is going to write an erotic novella, and she's going to read it uh, 
on air. And that'll be our last episode. It's been great, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing next week. We haven't even decided that yet. But we are going to talk about a character from either movies, video games, books, uh, or TV. Shh, don't give too much away. Uh, this character is going to be either a person or not. And they may or may not uh, be based on a real care- uh, person. And... Uh, actually, let me, let me look at my, let me look at my book because I don't know. Like, I have some stuff written down to coincide with some movies that are coming out. Uh, oh, I do know what we're doing next week. I actually have it written down. Good thing I checked it. Next week's episode is going to be. Uh, actually, the next two episodes are going to be designed to coincide with movies. But next week, we will be talking about. The Archduke of Monsters. Uh, he has been around. Uh, he is maybe one of America's greatest cinematic creations. We are going to be discussing King Kong on Monkey. next week. On next week's sure episode. Dong. <laughs> I was looking for some of those the other day, and I couldn't find it. They have like all these re-release things. I got like orange cupcakes, and they were the best fucking cupcakes. They weren't that great. They're so good. Oh my god, this is a Ray Park. All right, moment listen, all over again. listen. Okay, <laughs> I want everyone in the audience to know this. She doesn't like Twinkies, so her judgment on Hostess snack cakes, what's good and what's not, doesn't count because Twinkies are fucking amazing. Twinkies are disgusting. See. See? <laughs> Speaking of Twinkie, in high school, someone had opened up a Twinkie and put it on top of like the um, lighting banister in our classroom, and it was up there for three months, and no one noticed until one day I was like, oh, there's a fucking Twinkie up there. And it was still edible because those things No, were, we're not fucking... Ew, no, no, You ew. clean the dust and bugs off it, and you eat it. All right. You are not a, a courageous eating guy. I'm a girl. Whatever. So you're not a courageous eating guy. You're not. I'm hungry and I'm ready to go home. All right. Well, so next week we will be talking about Kong. We have our Kongs uh, and Dongs. Our uh, <laughs> we already that's have the our na- episode yep. title. That's the episode King Dong, the episode <laughs> title. So we are going to be discussing that and we are going to be discussing uh, some other stuff that'll be awesome. We'll discuss the results of our Old Man Logan versus Dark Knight Returns Batman, and we will see you all next, next Thursday. Thursday.